Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissist actors, directors, and producers. Here, we'll laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And this is May. And welcome back to the Cinema Rap. We hope you're doing well on this Wednesday. Today, we're going to finish up the series, Why Top 10, Why Does Everybody Love This Movie? It's such a bad movie. <laughs> I keep rephrasing the title, but I think you get the drift of it. It's movies that are universally beloved that we think are just really bad. And we feel like everyone's drinking the Jim Jones Kool-Aid and they're just... Movies that, like, when you hear people like these movies, you lose respect for them because they're just movies that the zeitgeist loves and you're just that contrarian, either knowingly or unknowingly, and you just think this movie's just complete garbage. So I definitely recommend that you go see or listen, I should say, to the previous episode where we did each of our six through 10. And like our typical Wednesday editions, when we do top 10s, we've done top 10 Nepo babies, top 10 underrated actors, top 10 overrated actors under... A certain age, top 10 overrated actors over a certain age. We don't know the other person's list. So, May, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. All right. Are we ready for some hot takes? Because I think we're going to offend some people with our list. So I will let you go first with your number five. And well, so far, we've had people, no overlap, which is a first. Yeah. People well, may be offended by this one, but... It came out in 1971, and it's called Harold <laughs> and Maude. Okay. Have you seen it, Gregory? I, well, May, you know, unless it's like Star Wars movies, I've not seen many movies from the 70s. Okay, this is basically a romance about a young man, probably around 19 years old, who falls in, who's, who's obsessed with dying and death. And he falls in love with a woman he sees at a funeral who's around probably about 80 years old. So it's one of those types of movies um, or 70s, actually. Um, but they, they, they do have a controversial, you know, sex scene in there. And, you know, it's just one of those movies that just seems to be about shock value. Um, I know that a lot of hippies and hipsters probably like this film. Um, but no, it's really not that great of a film and it's not groundbreaking as you can see now, because you didn't really hear about it either, but I've heard, I've um, heard about it. I've heard about yeah. it. This is the seventies where they, by this point had lowered the codes on decency. And so the seventies, you see like early Scorsese, you see last tango in Paris, you see easy rider, all this pushing the promiscuity and drugs and so forth. So, this is when these auteur young directors are pushing the limits. So, right, they're, that's what they're trying to do, but yeah. it doesn't succeed with me. And yeah. it's just, it's kind of an, an exploitation of sorts of this older woman, perhaps, and even of the younger younger guy too. So I, I give it thumbs down anyways, because I'm turning into Siskel and Ebert, um, but yeah, overrated completely for me. My number five. Sounds good. I can't comment on it because obviously I haven't seen it. My number five is going to be a little cheat like you did on your number 10 on the previous episode, which we're not going to name those movies that you cheated. So instead of her number 10, she did two movies for number 10. 
for my number five, I'm going to do a whole director's movies. And this is going to be Wes Anderson. I cannot stand this man's movies. Now, all of them? All of them. I think they're all the same type of movie. We we had talked about with Birdman, how we have a distaste for Birdman. And I didn't include Birdman because Birdman was not like well-loved by America. There's a certain group, you know, the, the snobbish intelligentsia literati types who thought it was brilliant. So, yeah. But, but to me, Wes Anderson kind of embodies this group and that all of his movies, whether it be Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, or Grand Budapest Hotel, all of them. And I have not seen Asteroid City. I've only seen the trailer. They're all the same, right? He's He intentionally makes these kind of quirky, eccentric, throwback type of movies that are stupid. I, I'm not saying that there isn't like any redeeming merit in any of these movies, but they're all so unctuously pretentious in the way that he makes these movies and the, the the type of people who like his movies and i just i just want to vomit every time i hear that somebody likes a wes anderson movie now you kind of feel that way when i when i give some props to pt anderson paul thomas anderson yeah but, i, I, really I think you respect him more than i loathe wes anderson it's not even his movies i think it's more the type of people who like his movies yeah, I agree. It's it's the viewer. It's that hipster viewer. Rushmore. Who likes, Rushmore. Yeah, who likes Wes Anderson. And I don't like Wes Anderson. I mean, he's he's a hipster too. And I don't like, and I don't get me wrong. I don't dislike hipsters. There are very nice hipsters out there. But this guy <laughs> always has the same cast members like Willem Dafoe, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, even Ed Norton in a couple of his films, who, who Owen I Wilson. um Owen Wilson, yeah, they think that they're just parading around and now you remember films, you know, but you they remember, are so pretentious. You remember um, when Rushmore came out? Rushmore, I yeah, Rushmore was really not that good either. But I did kind of like Royal Tannenbaums, and I do like the the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think he's he found sort of a a mean or a balance to his, his directing. And so he did deserve an Oscar nomination for that one. But, I, I but otherwise, no, I don't like it. I think Budapest, yeah, you're right. He received a nomination. And I, and I could, to me, that is the most tolerable of his movies. But Rushmore is just so, God, I just, just even thinking about Bill Murray, you know, that, that movie with- Oh Jim, yeah, Bill he, Murray. And he puts like, if it wasn't for Wes Anderson, Schwartzman would not have a career. He is the head in Asteroid City with Scar Joe and, you know, 25 different actors that have cameos in this. Schwartzman would not even have a career. And is he not connected to the Coppolas, isn't he? Uh, yes, he's the nephew of, of Fort Francis Ford Coppola. He's the son of Talia Shire. Talia Shire. Okay, right. So, And he's what, terrible. I do not like this I don't think he's a good actor at all. No, he's not a good actor. And so, like, um, a lot of Wes Anderson movies were co-written by Owen Wilson. Like, a lot of the early ones, like Tannenbaum... And I believe Rushmore, I, I think in, in a Life Aquatic was the last one that, mm. that they did together. But Moonrise Kingdom, all of them, look, I, I'll give him respect in that he creates a world that is very unique. And his writing is very unique. That being said, I think his movies are just so stupid. And I just lose respect for anyone who likes his movies. Okay, that's my hot take. Okay, I, I can agree with you on that for the most part. Because I never really liked Wes Anderson either. 
So um, let me give you a hot take that you're going to really disagree with on, and hate me for, perhaps. My number four is Goodwill Hunting. What? Before you give your explanation, I need this what? argument to be exceedingly cogent because if anybody <laughs> who knows this channel knows the first of the movies I love series was Good Hunting. <laughs> this is a movie that is near and dear to my heart. So I don't want I know to hear defending. I know it is, but I think that's Hold on, let me finish. Hold on. Hold on, before you start, I don't want your description or to be this movie sucks. I want you to be exceedingly no. cogent as to why you hate this movie or you think it's overrated. It's a flawed film. It has a terrible romance on the side of it with uh, what's her name? Mini Driver. Mini Driver. She totally gets bombed by Matt Damon, anyways, in real life. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, Ben Affleck is in it, and he's really not that cute in this film either. So, yeah, but yeah, there goes your cogent argument. But That's not a cogent um, argument, May. That is not even, a cogent but argument. But even if you go for Robin Williams, too, he just plays the typical therapist who has this incredible breakthrough with, with Matt Damon. Wow, that he's okay. There's nothing wrong with him. Wow, and that then that and that's practically it. But he's a he plays a janitor who, who's a math genius. Big deal. So what? And the two didn't really write the script. Oh, okay. Suggested, All right. All you suggested right. that's that, conspiracy that theory, Gregory. That Gregory, you suggested that they did not write the script. And, and then later I refute that. Okay. Even, uh, even whatever. Bill Golden said, even Bill Golden, the, the film critic, said that that they actually wrote it. Now look. What about the, the great writing? What about those long takes, those monologues that they do, like the one in the bar scene, the one at the bench at the lake? It, it's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh, yeah, that, that. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, you know, that, you know, maybe that was somewhat of an okay part of the film, but all the rest of it is just boring. It really lacks. It lacks a lot. And, um, I, I've never seen why so many people love this film. I really because it's don't. Exceedingly well written and well acted. No, um, it's really not. You, you, you're you think it is, but I I just think that it's a bunch of fluff, really. All right. Because I just think that these two guys uh, trying to get into or be a part of Harvard is it or not Harvard? Um, MIT. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 he's. A, I mean, he's so a, what? I mean, like, why? Why does it have to be that way? You know, the why movie. The like movie. A, the movie's a perception. The movie is that Will Hunting has been abused, and he's a very gifted, talented man who self sabotages. And the movie has an, a beautiful character arc, and that he, through love of Mini Driver and through the help of the therapist, he realizes and he purges his childhood demons to make something of his life. He's scared of love because it. everybody in his life has rejected him. And so by the end of the movie, he learns to love. And he I think that, that sounds so cliche. Okay. That sounds so You're cliche. fired. Okay. Right. You are on a mixture of peyote, psilocybin mushrooms, horribly bad tape. All right. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, my this three. movie has been overrated for okay. years. You just need to stop everybody, talking. Just everybody talking. I know 
rolls their eyes when I when I when I mention it because they're like, oh yeah, wow, that's such a great movie. So, yeah. oh, so they don't think it's a good movie, right? Well, then you have friends with no cinema cinephile takes, no cinephile taste. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, that's my right. number three. Hold on. Uh, my number three. So we've done, no, that's, I've only done one this this time so far, right? Yeah, just the Wes Anderson. Your number four. My number four is Avatar. Avatar is the, the, the biggest grossing movie of all time. Avatar number two is the second biggest grossing movie of all time. In the movie, if you take away the cutting edge special effects that it, it had at the time when it came out, whether it be what, 2008 and then 2022, the, the plot, the dialogue, the, the character development is so lacking in these movies. These movies are so stupid. And I know that you don't like the Avatar movies. We had talked about when the second one came out, if we were going to go see it. And both of us are like, no, neither of us are going to go see this. So I know you don't like the Avatar movies. But this is one of those, like, this is the biggest grossing, top two grossing movies of all time. So most people love these movies. And when I when I saw the first Avatar, I'm like, this is like white man's burden. It's the typical dances with wolves plot, right? The man is bad. The indigenous people, the noble savage. It's more of the noble savage trope. The noble savages, the Indians are good. The white man's bad. The white man's greedy. The, the noble savage, <laughs> in this case, the Nabu are, are enlightened and they're good ones. And we got to hate, hate the people. And, you know, in most cases, like with dances with wolves, like hate the white man. You saw this in Frozen 2. It's the same thing. This, this plot, and I just think the movies are, and look, to be fair, I cannot talk about part two because I haven't seen part two. Part one, it's just so overrated. It's the, the greatest, the, the biggest grossing movie of all time, and it's a stupid movie, and it's so predictable. It is, and you know what? Avatar is my number three, so. Ah, we finally have an overlap, all right, good. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just an eyesore of a movie. I couldn't even see straight after I watched it. It was just so fluorescent or whatever blue, and I just couldn't stand looking at the at the blueness, you know, the, the of the film, and it's just overpowering and overwhelming. But yeah, I do remember some of the plot too. Um, but yeah, you, you you had even asked me about Zoe Zaldana one time mm -hmm. and asked her, is she really acting in the film? Is she? And I don't know. I think she is. I think she is. But also Sam Worthington's in it and Sigourney Weaver's in it. <sighs> and and they just don't seem like they're really acting or doing it. Because they're not. Because they're so, not. It's almost like an animation yeah. movie where we don't even, when we do our movies, we don't even count animation movies because it's not real acting. It's just voice work. And in these movies, it's voice work. And don't even get us started on Sam Worthington. How can you be in the two biggest grossing movies of history and have no career? That tells you all you need to know about Sam Worthington's talent. And look, yeah. Cameron, I respect him for the worlds that he makes, his his technological genius. We've talked about this with Titanic, and I love The Abyss and Terminator. I love the worlds that he makes and his just cutting edge technology with all of his movies. But if you just look at the, the plot and the dialogue of the majority of his movies, they're severely lacking, including Titanic. If you take away the amazing special effects of that movie, that movie is so bad. Mm -hmm. It is. And, you know, I've always said Titanic was overrated and should not have won the Oscar that year. Yeah, you did. 
You did? All right. Who's your number three? Because we're a little behind you. Um, my number two, you mean? No, so, so you, I just did my number four. So you should. But Avatar was my number three. three okay. So yeah. I announced that. Yeah. Um, Who's your number my two? My number two is previous IP, but it is all of the Harry Potter films. Put together. Ooh, man. <laughs> you just alienated every millennial. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. But you know what? I do like Daniel Radcliffe. He's okay. Really? But that's about it. These films just, oh gosh, I don't know why people paid money to see all of them. And well, you it, know why? Because the books were popular and they wanted to go see the movie adaptations. I know, but one right after the other, it's really not a very good franchise at all. It, and then you know what? They're probably going to come out with another one with with another young Harry. And, you know, it's just going to keep going and going. There's money to be made, May. Money to be yeah. made. But I don't like this one. Why, well, well, describe it a little more. Why don't you think the Harry Potter movies are good? Mainly because they just blend in all together. And I think that actually, you know, the, the young cast wasn't very good in their acting skills in the beginning. But they did evolve some. But yeah, a lot of it is the poor acting too. Well, okay. So I, in, in full disclosure, I think I've seen the first four. And like these movies are not made for me. You know, we're both in our 40s. These movies are made for the, the people who read the books or at least grew up. You know, they were like nine when the first one came out, like in what, 2002. So these movies really aren't made for us. I can tell you that <laughs> my kids, my oldest is 12, are not into these movies. And mm -hmm. I think they're fine. Um, in terms of the acting, Radcliffe, you know, you look at his career, he hasn't done much. He's kind of awkward. Uh, you know how I feel about Emma Watson. I think she's an exceedingly overrated actress. Yeah, and, I said so, too. And the other older actors, you know, they're fine because they were just, you know, small roles, Helen Bonham Carter and, and all these guys, Michael Gannon. Alan Rickman. I don't, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem Jeremy with Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy they're, Irons they're, is good. Yeah. They're fine. So I can't really comment on all the movies because I, I, I haven't seen the, the last three or four. Uh, they're just not for me. They're not for my generation. So I, you know, I, I don't hate or uh, like these movies. But again, I just think that it's it's just too much. And okay. it, it, it is millennials. It is Generation Y. And also Generation Z, too. So. I think it'd be like the equivalent of millennials or Gen Zers crapping on John Hughes movies. Because John Hughes movies, or maybe Star Wars, maybe not because you're a girl, but I'm trying to think of movies that are kind of very special to our generation. And mm -hmm. someone's saying, God, the John Hughes movies are crap. I think that that's how people would respond when you talk about Harry Potter. But, you know, I I, I have a muted take on it. I think I don't really... Possibly, because I'm not a huge John Hughes film I mean, I'm not into really John Hughes films yeah. either. The only so. way to really offend you is talk poorly of Shia LaBeouf for Christian Bale. <laughs> then no, the May no, clause no. come out. All right. My number three. No Country for Old Men. I think this movie oh my gosh. is just so exceedingly movie. overrated. It oh won the best gosh. picture in what, 2007? It was going against P.T. Anderson's There Will Be Blood. And I saw this movie like four days ago. And look. It's, I'm not saying it's not a good movie, but Javier Bardem, his, his, his portrayal of the serial killer is excellent. He deserves the Academy Award. The movie itself is essentially just a manhunt. 
And Tommy Lee Jones is playing I'm the so same good. role he does in every movie. He's Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, there's, there's nothing special about his performance. He's like the white man's Morgan Freeman. He's the same in every movie. Okay, so look, the movie's a manhunt. It's very violent. It's fine. It's, it's kind of like with La La Land with rom-coms. If I didn't know this movie was so loved and got so many Academy Awards and all these things, then I would think, yeah, it's it's a decent movie. But you go into it knowing, oh my God, this is no country for old men. You watch, you're like, huh, yeah. yeah. I think it's a very good movie. I think Josh Brolin is a very good uh, contribution to the film yeah. as well. Okay. Um, I think that the story is fine. It's it's okay that it's just about a manhunt because there's a lot more going on around the culture, surrounding the cultures in this film. Um, there's a lot to be said that's unsaid in this film, in, in the elements of this film. It's a dark, dark film. And very dark it, film. And it was created that way for a reason, which is why it deserved the best picture and not that other film you mentioned. No Country for Old Men is infinitely better than this movie. Infinite. It's no, no, you just said No Country for Old Men. You didn't say there if there be blood, or you didn't say that. Well, there will be blood, and No Country for Old Men were the two movies that were vying for the Academy Award that year, and No Country for Old Men won it. There will right. be blood that have won it. No, 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 no. Oh my god, that, that movie is amazing. No, Daniel that that film is very contrived. And it does not have anything going for it. You know, what, another comparison. It's like iconic Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, no. Who cares about Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> at this point? I mean, I'm talking, you know, you're talking about an epic film that is just so fantastic. It's not. If you're if you're going to talk about a very uh, round character um, who goes through many, many generations and many generational woes, it would be uh, a film called Giants, which well, is Giants very similar. Movie, yeah. Look, it's a great movie about yeah. families. And, right. and, and it has James Dean in it and yeah. Rock Hudson. Sure. And that, to me, is what's considered an excellent, excellent film. Not but Both, both not can be considered Peter excellent, Anderson. though. Both can be considered no. excellent. Look, I, I get it. You think that there, that there will be blood borrowed a lot from Giant. I get that. But they can both still be excellent movies. It's just a bad movie. I just movie. don't agree. I don't agree that there's, there's, it's almost to no point okay. as right. to why that movie was made. Look, No Country for Old Men, I think like every scene that Bardem is in is just electrifying. You know, when he flips the coins and just, he is amazing in this movie. But it's like, it's like the Renee Zellweger portrayal of Judy. It's, it's like these movies where the person should win the Academy Award, uh, but the movie itself's not that good. Give them the Academy Award, but the movie is not that good. And I think the Coen brothers in general get this Meryl Streep effect, as we call it, you know, just because they do a movie, it's automatically pretty much pushed up to Academy Award consideration. And I just think this movie is okay, but it shouldn't have won Best Picture over There Will Be Blood. No, 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 because All right. No Country for Old Men has a director there who's making very dark scenes in that film and it's all about the the cinema and okay. about the camera okay. so i don't see how you can not say that it didn't deserve well i can easily say because i think the coen brothers in general are overrated not nearly as overrated as wes anderson 
but I think they're overrated. I think Paul Thomas Anderson is a much better director. All right, let's get to now, let's get, uh, three more movies we got to get to. So you already did your number two, so I'll do my number two. My number two is Napoleon Dynamite. This movie is just beyond stupidity. When this movie came out, I remember everyone was like, oh my God, oh, this movie, John Hader, it's amazing, it's amazing, oh my God. And you go see it, it's so stupid. And it it created this, this, this Napoleon Dynamite world where people are getting the shirts, vote for Pedro and all these things. And the movie is just, it's just so dumb. I'm like, I go to this theater and I'm watching, I'm like looking around, I was like, did everyone's IQ drop a hundred points? This movie is so ridiculously stupid. And John Hader is just ridiculously bad. And look, look, you saw his career panned out. He's in Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell. He does a couple of movies and then he's gone. That movie is just ridiculously overrated and stupid. I think that it appeals to a certain, a certain 12 year old taste. No, not a 12 year old. I think that it, it, it is a funny movie and that it has a certain comedy, about, a comic flair about it. And that, you know, not everybody will appreciate it, of course. But I do think that a small group of people in high school probably will like it. Yeah. Oh. And even maybe a larger group of people in high school. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same group of people that like my number one choice. Where I'm not going to alienate a lot of people. But I just find Napoleon Dynamite is a movie like geeks and nerds like that is just a really stupid movie. It's just, it's so stupid. It's just such a stupid movie. Right. I don't see it that way. I don't think it is stupid. The dancing, I, think the I think that it has that, it has that, um, appeal to it that makes it seem as if it's stupid but it's above that okay you know? so it's like it's like south park where it's on one level really stupid but it's a genius satire perhaps about napoleon yeah, dynamite? i think, napoleon I think dynamite? it is more genius satire yeah okay. sure all right i'm just respecting you less and less may first you're a good one hunting and now you're defending this crap movie Oh, number one? oh my gosh, don't say that. It's crap. It's a crappy movie. Hey, what's your oh, number it's one? Not, what's because you've got the sequel. The sequel is about Whoa. So if a movie has a sequel, then it's good. Yeah. Come on. No, no, I'm just saying that more people wanted more of it. So yeah, I guess in some ways you could say that it's overrated. So you just but, say that about the but it, it does have a following. It has a following. The Furious franchise that had 10 sequels, and we think those movies are complete garbage. That's why we didn't mention them. Which one? The Fast and the Furious movies. Just because oh, a movie yeah. has a demand yeah. for a sequel, the right. movies are good. But yeah, it does have a small following. So Okay. Well, either way, who, what's your number one? Uh, my number one overrated film is Juno. Ooh, good take. Yeah, okay. Go 2008. Ahead. Yeah, it's why? just another one of those, I guess, the screenwriter, Diablo Cody. Yeah. She she won the Oscar for it but all of the characters are all fast talking again they, they just have quip after quip after quip mm. and it's it's just it's not even realistic the way these kids are talking like they're like so erudite so like 40 years old 50 year old wisdom or whatever and she's pregnant and um it has Ellen Page who is Elliot Page now but and it has Michael Sarah in it, and I just I never liked the film. 
I thought it was so overrated when I when I yeah, saw when it. the movie came out, it was it was well like well loved, well received, and I remember seeing it and thinking, you know, look, we 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 brought up Michael Sarah in the previous episode. I won't mention the movie, but Michael Sarah only has one gear, and he's doing Michael Sarah. Jason Bateman and Jennifer Garner are in it, but they're essentially you know they're being themselves. So this movie really relies on Ellen Page, and she's fine in it, right? But she's talking like she's a thirty five year old. It's a typical yeah, exactly. Cody movie, yeah. But that, she's that, too old. She's too good for her britches, that kind of thing, you know. Um, I'm not. It a big just fan. doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I don't know if it'd be my number one, but if I would have had that on my list, it'd probably be like number ten or nine. All right, my number one. I'm going to offend a lot of people, and this is not just a movie; it's a group of movies. Now, I grew up a big nerd. I was a nerdy kid, nerdy and fat. And I hung up with other nerds. And there's different types of nerds who like different things. You got the Star Wars geeks. You know where you know where this is going, man. I think you have an idea. You got the Star Trek geeks. I was kind of a Trekkie, definitely a Star Wars geek. And then you got the biggest geeks of all. And these are the people who like Monty Python. I think Monty Python is are some of the most stupid movies ever. <laughs> and again, this is one of those acquired tastes where I'm going to alienate half the audience because if you're of a certain age, you are. You just love Monty Python, Life of Brian, Holy Grail. And look, I've seen these movies. I, I've seen this, this sketch show. And again, it's an acquired taste. You have to like this type of humor. And this humor, when I watch it, ever since I was a teenager, because my nerdy friends would watch it, and I didn't find any of it funny. I just don't think it's funny. And there's people that will go to the grave saying Monty Python is the best comedy of all time. And I get it. It's, it's like crapping on the Beatles, right? If you don't like the Beatles, then everyone thinks you have no musical tastes. But it, it, to me, Monty Python is the equivalent of the Beatles. Not that they're both just because they're British, but it's like the epitome of comedy. And so if you say that the emperor has no clothes with Monty Python, people just look at you like you're a complete moron. I don't find them to be funny. It is, I, I guess, Palin, Queen, taste, but... All these guys, have you seen any of those movies? I have. I've seen Monty Python and the Book of Brian or whatever. Oh, it's a flesh wound. Oh, it's a flesh wound. Yeah, it's it's not funny. It's just but everybody I've ever watched funny. these movies with have laughed and have been laughing hard at it. And I think it's because it's like a considered an advanced placement English type film, you know, or films. Um, but yeah, you have to have that certain British humor. To, to really be able to appreciate it, I guess. So, but I, I've never really laughed much either at these films. So, but again, maybe it's me. I don't know. I just think these movies are ridiculously stupid. And like when I meet somebody who likes Python, look, it's just like <laughs> you fit them into a category. And it's just one of those things, man. It's it's like liberals and, and, and the Republicans, like they're going to be in two different camps pro choice, pro life. And never the two shall meet. So I think people who love Monty Python look down on people who don't like it and vice versa. It's like, I can't True. relate to you you liking Monty Python and I don't respect it. And I'm sure the Python people don't respect anybody who doesn't realize they're genius. Just like the Beatles, just like abstract 20th century art. You crap on abstract art um, that, you know, the, the docents and everybody think the, the, the literati, the cognizant, you think you're a complete moron. You know, it's one of these things like, it's it's so iconic that if you even mention that these things are garbage, 
like the whole world turns on you. And to me, Monty Python just isn't funny. I want to be able to appreciate it, but yeah, I, I don't have anything against Monty Python fans. And personally, I don't think they should have anything against me. So we're not being that. able to know it. All right. So guys, these are our top 10. If you didn't watch or listen to the previous episode, I recommend you go and check out the previous episode, six through 10. May, do you have anything else you want to say? I just want to reiterate my Oscar uh, honorable mentions that are overrated. As good as it gets. Yes. Titanic. Yes. Forrest Gump. Yes. American Beauty. Yes. And Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all overrated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so that, 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 those are, are definitely still on my list. Yeah. All right. May, I appreciate you coming on. Until next time. Okay, great. Thanks, Gregory. It's fun. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.